Welcome to HeCast, the official He Changed It podcast. My name is Mike Chisholm. I am uh, ever grateful to be the host of this endeavor, uh, helping men go from one place to another. And hopefully it's uh, from, from, from one place to a better place, uh, not just on the spiritual sense or the uh, physical sense, but, you know, let's improve as men. With me today is a buddy of mine named Andrew, Andrew Tatchell. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Thanks good. for having me. Can you spell the last name? T-A-T. C-H-E-L-L. All right. Uh, do people usually get it, get Thatchel no. that way? No, what do they know? Well, they usually see it and say Thatchel. So they say even, Thatchel. I don't even get where that's Andrew Thatchel. From. Like yeah. you're a Thatcher yeah. from back in the day. Which I think that's actually where it comes from. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Do you come from a long line of Thatchers? Apparently. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you taking time to come out here and talk no to us today. Um, just a little bit of background uh, before we kind of get into... Um, what it is that compelled you to kind of stand up and say you wanted to be on this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, why did you want to be on this thing? Is it because of, uh, you know, stardom? Because you're starting your stand-up comedy career and you're going to do it on the He Changed It podcast? Uh, yeah, that's that's the idea. Is that what um, it is? No, I just, uh, there's a lot of noise right now going on in the world. And I think um, I have a unique uh, point of view that um, I just want to get out there and kind of see if I can Oh, if, if I can help one person, then let's let's see what we can do. Okay, and you like the idea that that's what he changed. It is built Absolutely. upon is the uh, the structure of of helping guys turn into better guys and guys uh, adapt, uh, be adaptive guys in the culture that is being built right now. That's something that really appealed to you. Mm -hmm. Just a place where right now is not really anywhere where you can be vulnerable, oh. and sometimes you need that. You need to. You got your highs and lows, and. Every now and then you need to have a bit of vulnerability. Vulnerability has been a theme that has uh, been reoccurring throughout some of these um, episodes that we're broadcasting. What do you think it is about vulnerability that like what what many times um, I think the stereotype for men is that vulnerability is something that we do not want to be. But yet you are, are attracted to the idea of vulnerability. Why is that? I think it has its moments that if you're if you're always it's almost like if you're always on your high, if you always have a high, you never really think about um, the small things. Okay. But when you're vulnerable, when I'm in that state where I need to kind of process, where I need to just be alone, that's why I'm allowed to think and look back and see um, what I've actually done. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, so I'm able to actually like step out of myself and think, this is where I am. This is where I came from. Why did I get there? Okay. Uh, and if I'm in a low place, I think that's a very powerful thing. Uh, late 20s? Yep. Okay. Uh, you and I got to know each other as uh, I met you. Um, You're working for a pizza joint. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking to expand um, my financial business a little bit. You looked like the, the sound of that and the look of that. And yeah. and uh, we became uh, business associates. And then through that relationship, we also became friends as mm -hmm. well. Um, you to, is it it's safe to say that you're at a place of transformation? Even when I met you in your early 20s, now you're getting closer to your mid late 20s. Yeah. Um, were you in a place of transformation back then? It seemed like you were from a business standpoint. And uh, has that evolved since in the last few years? Yeah, definitely. I've always been um, in a place where I've always wanted to achieve more. I've always been that person. I uh, never liked settling. Mm -hmm. And it's just recently, like I've always had that mindset of, of wanting more, but I wasn't focusing on my mental. I wasn't focusing on what drove me or, or my past experiences. So just in the last, I guess it would be maybe even year or two years is mm -hmm. where I really focused on that, focused on my spiritual life, focused on a lot of other things and mm -hmm. focused on what actually trauma that I experienced and thought and I actually had to take stop and look into it. Think, well, why did, why do I act the way I act? 
Okay. Uh, or and now I feel like I've um, through my business career life, I've always had blocks and I could never answer them. What kind of blocks? What are you talking about? I just kind of, Hmm. Whenever I, whenever I get some sort of success or whenever I have a next step, I just can't take the step. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I just would, I would freeze. And I, I don't know if it was a fear of success or a fear of failure, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't grow fully like i'd always i'd always have to um hide whenever i had any sort of praise or recognition if that makes sense so you get higher and higher and higher on that mountain whatever that mountain might be yeah and as the peak becomes uh visible mm -hmm. you kind of back off yeah and you hesitate a little bit because after you see the peak you see the amount everything that comes with it it's i'm comfortable where i am i'm safe i was in a safe spot and once you see that all the work that comes out of it. once you get out of the peak, you can see the whole valley and the entire trek that you have to make. Okay. And it was hard for me to kind of get over that hump. So there's a little bit, bit of irony there. Um, the idea that you say um, you wanted more. Uh, talk about that. Like what were the, when you said you wanted more, what were some of the, maybe the two or top two or three things that you wanted more about? Was it relationship? Was it uh, physical, like monetary type things? Was it uh, like, like what, what, when you say you wanted more, what and we're talking your mid twenties, early mid twenties now. So you're 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 no longer a boy. You're just get stepping into your manhood, and you weren't happy as to where you were at. Is that a result of childhood? Like what what was more to you at that point? Well, I always wanted. Um, I mean, everyone wants to be successful in their own way, but to me, success was always freedom of time and freedom of money. Okay, and um, I always wanted a lot of people in my life. I always saw them get stuck or I, I always got the information of you just get a good job and you work it hard and you you find someone and you settle down and I, that always sounded awful to me so that's the childhood thing i was asking about so that yeah. was what was taught to you as yeah. a child like that was the 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 mountain to climb right there yeah. was to get a good job to settle down yeah yeah and that just wasn't me i remember actually i can remember back in i think it was grade three there was this little thing that we did about our future and mm -hmm. the whole class it was one question do you want to be a millionaire and i'm the only one that said yes and everyone said well no because money is the root of all evil all the stuff about money and i did remember you go to a religious school i went to a religious school okay yeah and i remember thinking like no but like don't you see the good that can come out of that and it wasn't just the money money's whatever it is but i just remember thinking like why why are you trapped in this box this thinking like there's so much more out there Interesting. So you were surrounded by people who, who looked at money as evil, essentially. Yeah, my whole life. Your whole life. Yeah. I've got some family members that are doing pretty well, we'll say, but I'll, for the most part, I was always told as a child. Okay. That it's, it's, yeah, it's the root of all evil. Do you think that's part of the hesitation that you were talking about uh, a little while ago? Like the, it was know, the, at the first. Back? Okay. Uh, it took me a little while to actually kick that thought. Because it's one of those things where I never thought it, I never believed it, but it was in my subconscious and I never actually went in there and said, oh, wait, wait, this thought's wrong. Okay. There's a few, a few thoughts I've had over the years where it's just been embedded in me, but I never actually changed my thinking, okay. even though I never believed it. Okay. So yeah. something about your thinking was causing yeah. a short circuit there somewhere. Yeah. I just didn't, um, I never addressed it, I okay. guess you could say. So you grew up in a church home. Yep. Family that was, that was very, very devout. Yeah. Church home. My dad was the head deacon and you needed four deacons to do everything. And What's a deacon do? A deacon is the <laughs> guy who opens the church, sets up communion or 
um, helps sets up communion, kind of gets the church organized. Okay. He was the head and he had three boys and you need four deacons to do everything. So every Saturday, because we were Seventh-day Adventists, okay. I'd be at the church at 7 a.m. and we'd leave around two. Right. So that was my that was my life. It's it's weird looking back. My Saturdays are much different now, but Seventh day Adventist. So um, that's uh, a lot of people don't even realize like there's seven days in the week. When you look at the calendar, mm-hmm. first day ain't Monday. The first day is Sunday, day one yep. of the week. And the seventh day is Saturday. Saturday. So um, the, the where you were brought up, that Saturday yeah. was a very special day. Friday sundown to Saturday sundown is, was meant for the Lord. Okay. So you didn't do anything. Okay. What do you mean you didn't do anything? You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything that took your eyes off of god which would be movies video games anything to do with anything most some believed you didn't play sports some didn't go swimming yep my parents weren't that so you grew up in the 90s not able to play video games on a saturday yeah no no 90s no saturday morning cartoons no saturday morning cartoons no saturday morning cartoons i never got to see those if they were on sundays i'd sometimes get a little bit or if you stay over at a friend's house you kind of sneak a peek sneak a peek (laughs) but did you record the the saturday morning cartoons so you could watch them another day i don't believe so what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Do you do you have one or did you just not oh, see them? I don't know. I kind of was. Um, so I've got two older brothers okay. and there's three years apart between me and the oldest. Okay. So I just kind of watched what they watched. Okay. So um, you hung around with your older brothers a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they were brought up in the same, the same thing. Have they, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to fast forward the story too much here, but, but at the same time, you know, you, you talk about being, you've been vulnerable mm-hmm. um, looking back and at, at your life as to where it was, where it is, and where you want it to be. You've been examining sorts of these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess two questions. Have your brothers had that, your older brothers had that similar of a, I don't even know what you want to call it, a, a transformation stage? Um, and what do they think about you kind of being in this place? Have you talked to them about it? Uh, no, I haven't. We we never really had the relationship of talking to each other. Okay. I think... I, I don't know why that is. Um, I think I think it's because we, we always had the same friend groups. Okay. So we kind of became more friends. Okay. Most of the time I talk to my brothers, it's about movies or video games. Mm-hmm. We don't really get into now, the hard stuff. Now. As long as it's not, as long as it's not on Saturday. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, as long as it's not on Saturday. Um, <laughs> but we've never really had that personal relationship. I've always gone. I've always, like, that's kind of one of the things that I've had to do as an adult is seek out those actual people where I can have those conversations and have some guidance from, um, cause we just didn't, we never really had that relationship. Okay. Up. Um, so this will be, if they listen to this, this will be the first time they hear any of this, any of the stuff that we're, we're going to kind of talk about. So, yeah. so in part of this transformation that, that you're going through this, this examination of your life, mm-hmm. um, where you're at, where you've been, where you're going, um, spirituality is a big part of that. Yeah. Okay. It is. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I think that there are people out there who have had, I don't know if you'd call it a crisis of faith or what, what you would call it. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. I think there are people out there who um, have had uh, their gripped with wondering about spirituality. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a big part of some people's life. Some people, it's not a part of their lives at all. Um, and then some people like yourself, where you're, it was a big part of your life growing up. You've examined <laughs> that, haven't you? Yeah. So it was about two years ago. Yeah. Um, I kind of, for a little bit, had a bit of a, a crisis is a good way to, to put it, where I kind of realized everything that I was taught. There's a lot of, there was a lot of hypocrisy. 
there was a lot of things that you see. I mean, everywhere I went as a kid, especially growing up, I was in a, I was in an SDA school, went to an SDA church. Mm-hmm. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? That was, that was the saying everyone said, anytime you did anything wrong, well, what would Jesus do? If you want to get revenge, what would Jesus do? But I never saw anyone actually practice that. I never saw anyone um, live a great life. There were a lot of, there was so much where you say one thing, but then I, I, I'll listen to you behind the scenes and you're not preaching the same message as you were on the, at the podium. So there was a little while where I just kind of decided, no, I'm done with faith. And then, um, I was listening to some people. Was that difficult? Was that a difficult thing to <laughs> say was, out loud? Like that's, that's. It was because I was raised like, um, I think my parents became SDA when I was like six months old. So it was all I knew. So it was my entire, my entire upbringing. All my beliefs were based off of my faith. So it was really hard. And then I realized I was listening to um, a podcast and someone was talking and they said too many people who leave religion, they leave all the good things behind too. And that's when I realized mm. there was so much good with any religion, but with Christianity, there's so many good teachings. And I'm actually happy I was raised in the religion because there's a lot of uh, characteristics that I, that I was picked, that I picked up. What are some of those things that you're, you appreciate? I've always been, um, the person who I think forgiveness is a big thing. And I think giving people a second chance is a big thing. And I, and, um, being able to turn the other cheek more mm-hmm. or less, mm-hmm. um, and just, which goes hand in hand with forgiveness. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. And just being able to, um, yeah, basically, basically that where I got some good values. They were told there's a bunch of stories in the Bible of where to do good things and why to do good things. Mm-hmm. And if you come out of Christianity, you can say, oh, those are just all stories. Mm-hmm. But they're stories that molded me. It's the same way. I mean, don't you have to read your kid a book about pooping so they learn how to poop. Right. It's one of those it's one of those <laughs> things I just saw kind of that was as as I went through my younger years, I figured out like that that molded me and it's an amazing thing. And for my spiritual journey now, it's more of a I'm just kind of searching to see what God is to me mm-hmm. or what what that what that means. Mm-hmm. Um but I I fully believe that it's just about I just want to treat people like they're people. Right. The golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yes. I think that that stems across mo- a lot of religions, yep. and if you just take that, that alone, out of out of religion, and you just make that a part of your daily life, then it can be a great thing. Well, it's interesting you talk about forgiveness. Um, I look at the culture that we're living in right now, uh, and 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 it seems it's 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 kind of a high wire act as to the the life that you live, especially if you live a public life, um, where I don't know, and I don't know if you agree would agree with this or not, but. To me, it's looking like there's a lot of people, especially if they live a public life, that are expected to live a perfect life. And if they don't live a perfect life, and if it becomes obvious that they don't live a perfect life or they or they make a misstep somewhere, um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of room for forgiveness from certain, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what the what the misstep is. But uh, it could be harsher, harsher than others. And uh, it seems to me like that's something where, um, you know, you'd have something to say about that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the reason I wanted to do this because I, I see that so much now, mm-hmm. where it can be anything from pulling something up that you did twenty years ago, when twenty years ago that was okay, whatever yeah. you did, but now you need to 
be condemned for it. And I don't, I don't know why the culture is like that, yeah. but I, I can't stand it because either, I don't know if it's everyone wants to point the finger. So no, no fingers pointing at them or if you're in the spotlight, I'm not in the spotlight or right. maybe you feel good about yourself because you're outing someone. But we as a society, as a human race, we need to have the ability to grow because right. nobody's perfect. No. And we will never have a perfect society. Right. So we need to have those ability, the ability to make mistakes. And without that, it can come crumbling down really fast. Um, and it's funny because uh, the ironic part is you have this desire to be vulnerable. Mm hmm. But we live in this culture, uh, some call it outrage culture, some call it cancel culture. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, because of that culture we live in, how um, how much of an incentive do we have to be vulnerable about I mean, something that happened 20 years ago? I mean, I'm 44 now. You're younger than I am mm -hmm. uh, significantly, or, you know, a couple decades younger than me almost. But but at the same time, how what's the incentive for me to be vulnerable about something that I did in my 20s that I'm not necessarily proud of? Um, maybe even with the, uh, with the, the goal to help somebody who's mm -hmm. younger might be going through the same thing, but we live in this culture now where if I am vulnerable like that, that could really come back and bite me. Couldn't it? Yeah. And it used to be the, um, learn from my mistakes. Right, right now I can't tell you my mistakes cause you're going to use that against me. Okay. That seems what the culture is right now. So we, you can't grow under that mindset. That's interesting uh, that you say that. And, and I want to kind of move to. Uh, what it was that compelled you to come here sure. and, and and step up some of these blocks that that that, that you had uh the hesitations that you had um safe to say that they also as you examined yourself and went into this kind of um self-discovery phase uh some shit came up that uh you didn't expect to come up yeah so well i guess i'll i'll jump into why i'm why i uh well what what popped up so when i was young about ages four, around ages four to eight. Like I said. So from the years of four till eight yeah, years when old. I was so from that four year period around. About there. Like I'm, it's iffy because yep. I was young and it was a long time ago. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, there was a neighbor, a teenager who was friends with my brothers. Okay. And I was always trying to hang out with my brothers. They, they were set to babysit me, but I always wanted to be friends with them. Mm -hmm. Three years difference. So the oldest always had to babysit the younger two. And he never wanted to because he wanted his own freedom. He's the older, he knows better. Mm -hmm. It's kids. And, uh, they had a friend who for that time for about, about four years, I believe sexually molested me. And wow. It was, um, yeah, it, it was one of those things where going back when, when I was adult searching through to figure out why am I acting the way I am or why, why do I have these blocks? When that popped up, it was pretty shocking because the memories came up. And so heard, what does that mean when that popped up? Like, what are we talking about here? Are you alone in bed at night and suddenly it's like, holy shit, guess what happened to me? Like, or, or, or was it always kind of there, but you just sort of like, was it, was it a repressed memory? It, it was a definitely, um, when I got my first girlfriend in high school, Okay. then feelings came back up and then I repressed them again until I was around 20 something. So, okay. So you and your first girlfriend, Going through that phase of yeah. exploration and, and 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 that newness is there. And yeah. then you're kind of like, whoa, like something's a little weird here. Yeah. Did, did you tell anybody about it? Um, not then. No. Then I kept it to myself. I was at the point too where it was shame um coming through religion because it was it was one of those things where, well, it's a disgusting thing. And if I tell anyone, they'll look down on me. So this um, is a, a a boy that did this? It was a male, yeah. It was a male that did this? Yeah. Okay. 
teenager. Um, and over four years. We're not talking once or twice. This is like steadily this for four steadily. years. Kind of like if the babysitter decided to take some yeah, liberties. Kind exactly. Of situation. Which is kind of what he was to us. Okay. Okay. Um, your brothers had no idea. No idea. As and, far as I know. Um, do you think there might've been behavior, uh, with your brothers, uh, that, that, that he like, are you the only one or I hope so. I hope I'm the only one. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, like I said, my brothers and I, were not, we don't talk that much about that. Do they know about this? No. Your parents, they know about this? No. Okay. No. Um, actually, I mean, <laughs> from when we're recording this, this weekend is when I'm going to be sitting them down and letting them know because... Before it gets... Before it gets before out. It gets released. I don't want them to hear this through the grapevine. Right. If it gets out and so... Um, it's extremely brave what you're doing here. And are you okay if I kind of ask yep. some questions Pick around away. it and that sort of thing? Yeah, you're you're, you're cool with that? Definitely. Uh, first off, um, I guess it's, it's worth noting... Um, since you did talk about how uh, you're not a fan of outrage culture, you're a fan of forgiveness, that sort of mm. thing. Um, this is in no way something that you're trying to do to out somebody not or to 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 get somebody uh, out there um, for us to know who this person is. That's not what you're trying to no. do here. Well, I'm not even going to probably say any names. I don't even, I mean, it was what I was four and a half and I don't even know last names. Okay. So this is not to out anyone. This is more of a kind of, I don't know. Just just letting it know that there is there's two sides to every when that when this happens. I could easily come out and join all the rage that's going on online. Look for my. A lot of people are calling it. They want justice right now, but it's yeah. more revenge in my eyes. Oh. Um, and that's not what I want. I don't think you can destroy hate with hate. Only love can. So if you're not preaching the message of love, then it's not really going to do you any good. Wow. Um, do you have anger towards this person? Um, no, I don't. Looking back on it, I understand seeing where the kid was. It was a child at the time and a single mom situation on welfare. There's a good chance that he was maybe abused as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where he was uh, uh, pushing on his anger was onto me. And I, I hated him for a while, but then but I now back then, or was it like when the memories showed up, there was some, when I was, was a, some yeah, hatred there in my teens and my early twenties. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was hated. I hated him, but I started to realize this was just probably someone in pain. Um, and f there's no use in me putting that anger onto someone. Wow. I didn't think that it was constructive at all. And I just didn't want to, Live in that mindset because I think if you if you if I constantly have that a hate for a person, that's just going to stir in your heart. When you're angry, when you're in a bad mood, mm. little things will piss you off. Yes, and I yes. think that that can stem from something like that. Where if I'm constantly using that as an excuse or talking about how awful what he did was and or trying to out him, and with with all the outing and cancel culture, like for me. This is someone who I don't know. I haven't seen him since. Okay. So last time I, you saw him, you were like eight years old. Last time I saw him was eight years old. Okay. I don't know what his life is. I'm hoping he, I hoping I was a one-time thing for him, mm. that I was the only person, but I'm hoping he found any help that he needed or got through this. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to cancel culture, especially cancel culture that's 10, 15 years ago, okay. me bringing up that stuff now, okay. if I found him and outed him, is selfish in my mind. Because if he's trying to move on with his life or if someone's trying to move on with their life, mm -hmm. 
why am I bringing it back up? So you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, for this case, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. So I guess um, I got to ask the question, maybe not take it as far as people who subscribe or, or, or are uh, very involved in the cancel or the outrage culture that you're talking about here. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go down that path, but let's Fair. just go maybe a quarter of the way down that path. Okay. Um, if somebody said to you, Hey, what if this guy hasn't stopped? What if this, this guy is continuing to do that to this day? Um, is that something that's weighed on you? Um, and for example, if you tell your parents about it and your mom or dad, like you think about what a dad, uh, might feel like when the dad hears that, mm-hmm. um, you know, is there a responsibility to go and check that out to make sure this person isn't doing that right now? Um, that's a, it's a, it's a tough situation. I don't think there is a right answer to this, to this scenario. Um, Maybe, but if this is something, if I ever did talk to him, it would be private. It would be under, it would be um, not out in public. And that is, that's kind of one of the issues. Like you're right. So you would confront him on your own. On my own. And say, hey, this happened. Or get the right authorities involved. But it was also, it was 20 years ago when he was a kid. Right. Um, the problem is I think it, for stuff like this, we as a society come together and takes it. Everyone takes it on themselves to bring this person down. Right. When a little bit of vigilantism. A little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's not that's not necessarily fair, in my opinion. Frankenstein mob mentality. Mob mentality. Yeah, you lead the charge of the people with the torches and the pitch, pitchforks and Especially say, "Let's take this guy down." You don't know. I don't know his story. Right. I don't know what he did at night. I don't know if after I left, he like like. I'm giving, again, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but as a kid of, that went through trauma, I know many nights where you're in tears. If he was going mm. through the same thing and then I, all of a sudden I bring a mob, but we're, I'm only putting a magnifying glass on that one area. Right. I think that's unfair for group, a group of people who weren't involved to get involved on something that has nothing to do with them. So you're talking about that forgiveness again and the yeah. idea that people can grow and people can move on it's a fine line when you come to well did he continue or is he still doing it right but are you going to it's almost like innocent until proven guilty are you gonna put someone in jail just because of one thing without all the facts like do i go after him and destroy his life just because maybe there's a chance he's continued Mm -hmm. um i don't think there's a right answer to that Mm -hmm. everyone will have their own opinion on it Right. And especially people who've been through this, I know we'll probably think about it a different way, but it's a tough situation. So I guess I'll, you know, let's, let's, let's do a little bit of armchair prophecy here. Um, do you ever see yourself as a potential? Is there a potential that you would ever confront? So let's just say you tell your parents, let's just come up with a, a scenario. You, you tell your parents, your dad's like, oh. I know that kid's dad. Um, he works with so-and-so. Yeah, we could get in touch with that kid just like that. Um, if that got thrown in your lap, do you think there's a possibility that you might actually step forward and talk to this dude about this? I'm sure there is a scenario where it could happen. Wow. But if it's it's always tough when you see someone and there's a family involved, in my opinion. But then you can also make the argument, well, now he's got kids if he's that person. I've heard that argument before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big part of it, the family unit. What yeah. if he's a dude living in an apartment? I mean, 
cross that bridge when yeah, you come to cross it. Cross that of bridge thing? when I come to it. Again, <laughs> wow. like I said, I'm not because I'm not doing this to to get any sort of justice or anything. Right. It's more of a I just want to put out the message of like, well, shit happens. The world is unfair. What happened to me was unfair, but also world's unfair. Nothing come nothing is fair in life. So mm-hmm. I can't just go on complaining about this issue or focusing my whole life on just the issue. Like it's molded me a bit of who I am and it's definitely hindered my progress in life. Um, I'm definitely not where I want to be, but I also have the tools and the foresight to to look and see where I am mm-hmm. and now make the adjustments. So uh, you are a victim, flat out, you're yep. a victim. But you don't want to be known as, nor do you want to um, not necessarily identify, but you don't want to continually identify as a victim. It doesn't no. define who you are. I don't it, want to put it, words in your mouth. It does, is that what you're, you're right. It, and that's exactly it. It okay. does. It serves no purpose. I don't think it does any good for me. Right. To be a victim, to 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 use that as a crutch or to even say, well, I am where I am because of this. And woe is me right. over that. Like I've always been the person where you just kind of suck it up and move on because a lot of people are going through shit. Everyone has their own shit. Right. You just have to figure out how to deal with your own. Um, so from this, uh, you had this revelation. It, 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 it maybe was there, kind of was there, wasn't really there, but then yeah. suddenly you're examining your life, being vulnerable, uh, as to where you're at and where you're going. It shows up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I guess my question is, uh, what do you do from here? Uh, what are you doing from here? Uh, where are you going from here? And, and, uh, how has it helped you? I guess that's, that's, that's really where I want to mm. want to find out. Cause again, you're standing up here and you're, you're wanting to do this because of what he changed it is all about. And you want to help other dudes or other people who may have gone through this, who are just normal people that aren't acting like a victim or anything mm. like that with, uh, you know, not wanting to outrage cancer, all of that stuff. You're not that guy. Um, Where's the, uh, where's the learning? Where's the application in this? What would you recommend to somebody who, I know it's a lot of questions there, but. Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that, um, I really appreciate is everyone has, like I said, everyone has their own shit. And sometimes when you're at a block in life, you can't really understand why. Mine's pretty clear yeah at least i can trace myself back and i'm able to work through my own emotions in my past um even even up to like last week where i figured out certain ways i act in relationships i'm very much haven't dealt with certain things where any sort of intimacy even if it's just going on a date i'll shut down for three weeks and i won't even answer the person i'll unintentionally ghost after you you have a date after I have a date, I just, it's, it's a cool down period. You could almost say, where I just need to cool down. And right. I never understood why Right. I would just do it and feel like an asshole. But now it's certain moments where when you're going through your coping mechanisms, even if they're not healthy, it's important to understand that that's what they are. And once you understand that, Hey, I'm doing this because of this reason, right. You can step back and then you can start to change. So the awareness is extremely awareness. important. And so I that's, think, that's, is that a key? Yeah. And I think having that, that power, cause I, I know a lot of people who hmm. um, are stuck in, and they can't have an answer for why. But for me, I'm, I've kind of found out why. And when I see little things that I do, I'm able to say, oh, okay. Like I'm getting where this is coming from now. 
Now I can start to make the changes. So it's okay that I've done these things. Right. It's okay that I've that I'm not where I want to be or that I'm doing harmful behavior to myself. Mm -hmm. But I'm able to look at it and see, understand, okay, this is what it is. And sometimes I need it. Sometimes if I'm in a low place, it's like, okay, I just need to separate myself. And I understand that that's my coping mechanism. But I also understand that if I'm dealing with relationships, that it's a two-way street. So it also helps me deal with other people as well, where I can say, all right, like I do need to actually text this person back. Or I do need to actually communicate with you. So you said something uh, in that response, uh, awareness is power. Mm -hmm. So because you became aware of this, now that's giving you the power that maybe people in outrage culture um, are looking for when they get outraged. Mm -hmm. But you didn't get it through outrage. You got it through becoming aware of what happened, where you were, and how it has affected where you are. Mm -hmm. And that awareness will affect where you're going. And you're in charge of that. Yeah. Exactly. Am I, am I, am I? No, then you're, yeah, you're summing up perfectly. Wow. Um, what are some of the changes? So, so where are you going? Like, like how has, uh, you know, we met and met before and it was like, okay, yeah, I want to maybe look at getting into the financial business and, and, and some of these things going and, and, and growing. Um, what have you learned about yourself over this last couple of years? I mean, you, you obviously have come back to the idea that faith is a good thing, mm -hmm. even if it's maybe not in the way that it was kind of presented to you, how to, how to On exercise it. Way, yeah. Okay. So that's important to you. Spirituality yeah. is still important to you. Yeah. Very. Definitely. Would you say it's very important? Yeah. Or is, okay. I think that's part of it because there's, you need to have something that you can, you can rely on or go to, especially when you're in your vulnerable times where understanding of people or understanding of a higher power, whatever it is to you, something right. that can guide you through that. But something that you relate to yeah. uh, on a really, really, really special level. Yeah. Okay. Um, where, where else are you going? What are some other things? Are you, are, are, is, is, has this, what power um, or solution has this awareness brought you to? Has it brought you to a place where uh, you have optimism for the future? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest things is I always thought I was alone in this. I always thought that like I was, um, I was stuck. I was alone. No one was going through what I was going through. And I realized everyone Everyone has their own shit, but a lot of people are going through this. And so if I'm dealing with people, I mean, um, the business we we both work in with, mm -hmm. you deal with people a lot, understanding where people's responses come from, understanding that responses aren't just, they're coming from a place of either um, fear or a place of wherever. And if you look at, there's a word in my, my head, I just can't get out right now, but um I just see it's kind of clear. Uh, I'm sorry, I just got to stop in my thoughts. So is it clear though? Is clarity, is is that is that one of those things that like, even though you're not clear in this moment right it's now? More, yeah, the, ironically, I'm not. It's a lot of stuff to, 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 to process. It's, it's more but, clear. I'm more in this, like I'm still digging up stuff. Like oh, so you're still, in, you're still in process. I'm still in process. Okay. Like, like I said, like even last week, I'm figuring stuff out. But do you, would you say you're moving forward or upward? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you use the example of you being down in a pit, are you climbing out of that pit? Definitely. And uh, that's exciting. That's yeah. that, 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 that must be empowering. It is. So that vulnerability, that work that you're doing is worth the mm -hmm. effort, you'd say. 
Yeah, and I think in those times of vulnerability, I use them specifically for like, all right, let's go back. Let's let's take my ego out of it. Let's look at all this. Let's see. Let's see why I'm doing what it is that I'm doing mm-hmm. instead of it could easily be um, getting upset or turning to getting vulnerable and turning to substances and just turning my life away, stuff like that. Right. And um, okay. Um, I guess my, my, my question is, is, uh, you know, as you're in transformation, you're going to be using the, 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 he changed it app, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the goal of he changed it is to, uh, take something, leave something. Yeah. And if there are people out there who can kind of help you now that you are aware and that you are vulnerable, you want to take those things. But at the same time, you have this desire from inside, uh, that's just welling out of you. Like you jumped up and said, you want to be a part of this to, yeah. to talk about this. You want really want to leave something. You want to leave something for those who might be able to take what you're leaving and, and help them with that. Mm-hmm. Um, will you continue to uh, keep us posted as your journey uh, unfolds? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I wish you the best of luck as you talk you. to your parents this weekend about this. That'll be um, fun. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we uh, wrap up this part of you being vulnerable about your journey? Uh, just like I said, the message I was here to say is as a society, we need to be able to make mistakes. We need to learn from our mistakes and learn from others' mistakes. And in the world of social media, in the world of the internet is a whole different universe. And it's not the same as being face to face. It's not the same as the world we live in. Right. And you just have to, forgiveness is everything. You can't kill hate with hate. Only love can. An eye for an eye leads uh, to blindness everywhere. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for being vulnerable. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking about your journey. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. And we are really grateful to have you as a part of the uh, He Changed It uh, Brotherhood. So thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. This has been the He Changed It He Cast, the official He Changed It podcast. Uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to listen to this or watch this wherever it is that you are. If you want to be a part of He Changed It, the app is currently in beta. Uh, please reach out to us if you want to uh, help He Changed It, be a part of it, contribute to He Changed It. Uh, this is a brotherhood. It's a community that is doing nothing but grow. Uh, and we're trying to grow to to help, to help make the world a better place. And that was an incredible message. Thank you so much for HeCast, the official He Changed It podcast. I am Mike Chisholm.